Welcome. You're listening to the Think Like an Entrepreneur podcast because it turns out there's no such thing as a struggling entrepreneur. There are only business owners still operating from an employee mindset. I'm your host, business coach Katherine Morrison. Now let's dig in. Hey everybody, how's it going? Are you guys having so much fun meeting my masterminders? I have such a special guest for you today. My client, Kat, is better known in the opera world as Katrina Galka. She is an internationally renowned singer, and today we're diving into her experience of moving into entrepreneurship, the process of her finding her voice and turning up the volume on it, and how it felt at odds to her for being known worldwide, ironically, for her voice as an opera singer. We cover how crippling perfectionism is and the toll it takes both on your joy and your ability to create money in your business. We talk about her journey to becoming a best client, how her mindset shifted and from it the behaviors that changed. We talk about creating money and the subtle ways people speak about other people's niches or platform or whatever that seems so innocent but actually creates a concrete income ceiling above you that you can't break through. Only because of the way your brain is thinking about your ability to create money. Her story is so powerful and her journey into her $12,000 months has required unpacking so many thoughts about money, marketing, and sales. She is such a wise, beautiful soul and it is my great honor to share her with you today. So without further ado, let's dive in. All right, everybody. I have with me today one of my lovely clients. Who are you? Hi, I'm Katrina Golka. And Katrina, it's so funny, like Katrina, I just want to call you Kat. I know. Well, that's what I, I'd want you to call me. I, <laughs> and everyone can call me Kat too, but officially I'm Katrina Golka. <laughs> oh, so yeah. So I want to introduce them to like who your background of like who you are and actually like who you're nine to five person is and then who you are within the context of the mastermind. So can you like, let us know, like, let us meet you. Okay. So it's funny. I love like the nine to five thing actually, because I've never had a nine to five technically, like I am an opera singer. (laughs) (laughs) And so the opera schedule is very bizarre. You know, we find out the night before So, you know, you find out sometimes a year or two years or three years in advance that you're going to do this contract somewhere. So you just block out six weeks to like 13 weeks of your life. And then every night, the night before at 10 PM or so you get an email telling you like, okay, you're going to have rehearsal tomorrow from 10 to one or, you know, two to five or seven to 10 at night. So it could be anything. So I've never had a nine to five. Um, but yeah, so I'm so curious, funny. like, let's start yeah. there. Like, why did my work resonate with you? Oh, yeah, it immediately resonated with me. And I actually remember taking like a million screenshots of your face in the Instagram stories. And I still have them on my phone. And I like, like looking back on them. Um, and some of your facial expressions are really great. 
I, I, I thought about that because Kat actually, she recently sent me a couple of the screenshots she'd taken like before she hired me like a year ago. And then I got me thinking, I'm like, how many people on the internet have me with really weird faces because they just screenshot my Instagram story. So, all right, it's not just you, I'm yeah, sure. No. <laughs> we, we should have like a contest one day on Instagram. People would just send oh, me like the yeah. worst faces of me they have. But anyway, okay. So, yes. so you were screenshotting my stuff. But why did it let resonate? What landed? I think that it was like this, this thinking outside the box, like this, re- in a way, like the rebellion that you talk about, because I do think within the opera industry, the more that I've been coached by you, the more I see the similarities between the nine to five and the way that people feel very um, shackled and powerless. And that's totally so prevalent in the opera industry. I think that's what resonated with me. Yeah. Yeah. It's so funny because it's like, as we look, and I think there's a lot, we're probably like about half and half in the mastermind of people who are still like working within a nine to five, or I know you're still like a performing opera singer. Um, but Mm -hmm. we even have like, she's like a PhD candidate. And for her, it's just like, yeah, it's like, when I think about the work that I represent, the nine to five is like hierarchy. Right. And then coming Mm -hmm. into entrepreneurship, it's oftentimes, whether it was the opera industry or whether it was an academic institution or whether it's a corporate environment, when you come into entrepreneurship, it's your first time like on your own without the hierarchy. And you're like, wait, who am I and what's happening? Totally. Yes. And it's funny because it's funny, right? Like your message resonated with me, but I didn't even realize how entrenched in that world I was. And now like bit by bit, I've been working through it and just realizing like, yeah, that hierarchy was really holding me back as a person, holding me back from really communicating, this is who I am, this is what I want, from really expressing, ironically, like my voice as a person, not just as a singer. Yes. And so it's so funny that you, well, it's not, it it makes perfect sense. I actually remember when you first came to work with me, that was one of the things when you said it, it like landed in the deepest fibers of my soul. I like literally have a note. It was like, you were famous for your voice, but you felt like you didn't have one. Yeah. Oh my gosh. (laughs) That hits me right now too. Yeah. And Um, I actually think that that feeds like really beautifully into like introducing like who you are as an entrepreneur. What are you doing now? Yeah. So my work is to help now other singers um, specifically to step into their own, to find their voice outside of singing too, because What I find is like, as I've discovered my own identity, right? Like that's really what I think finding the voice is about, like really stepping into my identity. My singing is so much better, like so much better. And that's the, the irony of it all too, to me is like, that wasn't even my goal. Definitely not with you, right? Like, you know, like you're not an opera singer. You don't, (laughs) you don't know if I'm a good singer or not. And it was in a way actually just really great to be working on my identity. And I've grown so much in that space. And so I do think that's what I want to do with singers now. I love for singers to come to me and we just, we talk about who they are, what do they want? Who do they want to be and why? Um, Because it can be so easy. What I see is because of that hierarchy and the power structures, so many singers are just trying to do what a million other people have told them to do. Yes. And they lose themselves in the process completely. Yeah. 
And then they wonder why they're really unhappy and they're not having success. And, and to me, it like the more I see it at play, the more obvious it is. It's like, it's just because you're not being true to who you are. And so that's why I've decided to start calling myself the singer's life coach, because I think that that really encapsulates what I'm doing. And hearing you talk about um, that documentary from your last podcast, I thought what you said, Sting said was so true that the singer's journey is a spiritual journey. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't even think about the fact that I have a famous opera singer as a client that that would have like, yeah, like literally, you don't even need to translate the analogy into entrepreneurship. It's yeah. just the same thing for like the people that you're serving. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Okay. I want to cover today because when I, I have been with Kat since the very beginning, since I think you even mm. posted on social media once. Yeah, I was like really, really scared to post on social media. <laughs> yes. And so I want to cover that because I think that like if we were to just, I mean, like, well, let's just like give them a sense of like, where are you at right now? And what are the results you've created in the mastermind? Sure. Yeah. Since the mastermind started, I think I've earned close to, oh yeah, I'm over $20,000 now. And when I began, I don't think I'd even reached, to be honest, it was, I don't know if I can say this, but I don't think I'd reached the minimum, the $5,000. And you let me in because we had already been working together and you were like, I see how close you are. Yes. And then within the first month, I made $12,500. So yes. that was like really huge. And yeah, I mean, I, it's funny, I, I wasn't expecting like, $20,000 was all that I wanted to make as a life coach originally. Like I was like, if I could just make an extra $20,000 a year, that would just change my whole life. And now you made <laughs> it like two months. Yeah. So it's just wild. Yeah. Really but, and so I think it's so important for like this, I think that amount is amazing. That's like a run rate of being at over six figures. But I want to mm -hmm. get into the time machine because what people don't know is where you were just like, eight months ago, I think we started like eight or nine months ago. Yeah. So like, yeah. can we meet Kat from eight or nine months ago? Like, who was she? Oh, yeah. She was really scared. I remember sending you like the voice, the first voice memo and being like, I really want to do what you do. I want to show up on Instagram and, and sell my services, but I can't. Like I was convinced I could not do it because I really thought it was going to be career suicide um, for all, you know, 1200 people who were following me. <laughs> but I had this idea from, from my work that I could not do anything other than be an opera singer or else it would affect my opera career. And that was really holding me back. And it was just so scary to me to imagine. Um, yeah, I think asking people to value my work in a different way. Yeah. Because you weren't valuing it. Exactly. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and yeah. so I think if, like, as I was like preparing notes for this, it's interesting that you started with like coming into the mastermind. Cause I feel like we were yeah. at almost this like critical tipping point where you were either going to decide to go all in or you were going to be out. Oh yeah. I think you're right. Yeah, yeah. And I could see it. So like, we've talked about it a little bit, but like one of the things that Kat was doing, so she was my one-on-one -on -one client and we were rapping. And one of the notes that I have here is that you like, you have become a best client. You weren't always a best client. 
Yeah, and I think it's like, and I can say that because it was true for me too. The first round of my mastermind with my coach, I was not a best client. I was super perfectionistic. I was totally, I was ruminating. And it's like, I wasn't a best client for her because I wasn't being a best like entrepreneur for myself. I wasn't showing up for myself, right? That is what will create your results. And so you saying that like, it was sort of this like moment, like, are you going to go? I could see you were so close and you just had to make a decision. And I remember you were like asking some questions about joining. And one of the standards I have is like, I don't hang out in the DMs, right? Like the people that come in, they have to be ready to take responsibility. And in my mind, I just remember being like, I know she's so close, but she's got to get herself there. And like, and you decided to come into the room. Yeah. I mean, it was a big decision for me because I think it was this moment where I realized I'm going to invest more money in this business. And so I have to be serious about it. Like, and it felt too, like I was actually going to have to say like, this business is sticking around. Like, this isn't just something uh, for now for fun. It's not like for now during COVID, you know, like, I don't know, just all of these potential outs that I saw for myself. And it was like, okay, this is it. I'm, I really want to do this. And also because in the group, there's accountability. And I remember you telling me that we were going to, at the end of our first month, we were going to have to tell everybody how much we made. And I think I like had a really like emotional reaction to that. Like my voice got all high and I was like, no, I don't want to. (laughs) Yeah. But I think, and actually this is like so good for people to hear because that was, I think in one of our last one-on-one coaching sessions. And it was this discussion around like you were, it was like coming into your awareness that you're like, oh, I haven't been showing up for myself. I haven't been taking this, like, and I think we're going to talk about this in a little bit, but like, you've had a lot of money work that you've worked on to like, get to the point now where you can create the money. And so I think that you realizing that you were going to come into a group container and it couldn't be just, I was aware that you, right. It was like, you were, (laughs) it was going to be more than just the two of us. Like what shifted in you and your decision to come into a room and to be willing to come into a room with like an entire group? I think I just knew that I, I needed to take more responsibility. I think like when I think back on the biggest shift, it was like, I had to take responsibility for myself and my results because you're right. I was not a best client. I was not doing the assignments that you, not that you give assignments, but you have these additional resources that are available to your clients and you would send them every week. And I wouldn't do all of them. I just wasn't prioritizing it. I wasn't self-coaching. I just wanted to show up to our sessions and I thought that that was enough and it was helpful. But I I think it it wasn't even, um, it wasn't about like the work. It was about me being responsible, like me showing up for myself. Yeah. And that was just like one symptom, right? Like that was just like one way that it showed up. But the general thing was, Yeah. yeah, you weren't like, it was Yeah. So like, who did you think was responsible for your results? Well, I thought it was me, but instead of being responsible, I was just beating myself up. Yeah. Instead of that was the big, biggest difference. I think that is the biggest difference still. And sometimes I want to beat myself up still. Yeah. You're you're human. Yeah. Always available. The baseball bat's always right next to the bed. I know. God, (laughs) can we like put that somewhere else? Oh yeah. Um, (laughs) I think I put it, it's like a, like it's in the closet now, you know, (laughs) but 
So I'm curious though, if you were to think, because it really was astounding. I remember when we first started working together, like the, the types of things that you, your brain wanted you to fixate on, it was tied up in this external perception of being perfect. And I think that probably is very tied to like when I think about when I see the pictures of you as an opera singer, I mean, we're going to see you'll see her guys in the Instagram, but like you're you're a beautiful woman. And I see in like in these gorgeous dresses like you performing on stage. And I just remember you were like, I don't know. It was something about like your Instagram story highlights, like the the graphic design of them. I'm like, we're not oh coaching. God. We're definitely <laughs> not going to make you money. Oh my gosh. But Catherine, I literally spent like probably eight to 10 hours on my Instagram highlights. And now I don't even, (laughs) I don't even think about them to be honest. Yes. So can you walk me through because like it, it's so, it wasn't even a year ago. Right. And it's night and day Mm -hmm. who you are as a person and an entrepreneur now. So like, what were like, if we had to, and I know even last week, my whole episode was about, it's like these smaller things that compound over time. But if, if you were to look at like the compound effect of like the different things that like have transformed you, what are the top three areas that you've transformed within to go from like eight to 10 hours worrying about Instagram highlights, not showing like that where your brain was at? I know because I lived there when I first started my business, right? To now coming in and having like $20,000 within a couple months. Yeah, it's, it does all come back to my thoughts. Like, of course, really <laughs> believing. I know, like, but like really believing, like when I started to believe I'm a thought leader, that made my content so much easier to create. Um, and I honestly, like that is like the biggest thing I keep coming back to. But then I think too, like really believing, just going over and over again, like what I'm providing is so uniquely valuable. That's the other piece. Um, And then like, also like, I'm excited to be able to help people. That has been huge. And I think that that shows up in my marketing. Like when I'm excited to help people, it's really easy to show up and to write this copy that I don't question it. I'm just like, hell yeah, this is what they need to know. And I'm just going to say it and have fun and be me. And I really, I think focusing on those three things has allowed me to move away from some of the perfectionism, away from some of the people pleasing. And I mean, that's still a part of me. Like I still like to strive for excellence and I want to make people happy and deliver value, right? Like there's, that comes in and is related to like the people pleasing still but I don't see it that way anymore. Right. It's like, it really is. It's like that shift of thinking that changes how I I'm showing up. Yeah. And it's interesting. Cause I'm curious. I, I told Kat before we started, I was like, I have some notes on you. <laughs> She's like, what does that mean? <laughs> Could I- <laughs> when, when I look at like the, the ways that you have shifted and I actually have had the same shift in myself, not to say that we don't have brains that sometimes offer us perfectionism, but like, I feel like what I've seen change is rather than perfectionism is really just a fear of judgment of others, right? Like Mm. perfectionism is just trying to curate this like external thing versus what I feel like I've seen within you. And I'm curious to see if this is accurate, but it's almost just like valuing excellence just as I'm a human and I value excellence. I value beauty. I value like mastery. And so the thing that I wrote down for you is like perfectionism into a joy of mastery. Oh yeah. I love that. 
Does that like really resonates? Yeah. yeah, that really resonates. Yeah. And once I began to actually see it as that, I think it did change my expectations around the work. It like slowly began to take some of the pressure off because when you think it has to be perfect, like it, you mean well, right? Like the, the purpose behind that is that like, you just want to achieve mastery, which is not a bad thing. It's just that like, it's the lens through which you're looking at it that shifts everything and can put this inordinate amount of pressure on something that really is just there to serve you. And actually like there's a lot of fun and creativity and opportunity there that you can't see when you're like, it has to be perfect. Yeah. Which, and I <laughs> yeah. think it like, also it's like when it's, when it's through, like it has to be perfect, you produce so much less. Yes. Versus so just like, less. yeah. So yeah, what are like, what were your biggest thoughts when we first started about marketing? Oh my goodness. Um, <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> I mean, they are really dramatic. Like I think I have a dramatic brain. <laughs> it works well for opera, <laughs> but yeah, it was like marketing is marketing is for like those, pe- those business people. That was like one thought. It was like marketing is for business people. I don't know anything about it. Like And then it was also like the whole, you know, sales is sleazy, you know, and I know that's a common thought a lot of people have, but that was definitely one for me. Yeah. 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 I think it's, we worked so much on sales as well as, I mean, you also had a lot of thoughts and I, I think this is still in actively in motion as I think it is for all, like we all have different things at different levels that we're still working on, but just like money scarcity, I would say. Mm -hmm. How how has your relationship with money changed? It's changing every day. I loved the podcast interview with Whitney because I loved hearing her say, like, I love money. And I was like, whoa, that, it, that resonated in my bones. Not necessarily because I 100% feel everything that she felt when she said it, but when she did say it, I was like, I want to feel that. Yeah. Um, which is a cool realization. So I think before I had a lot of feelings and thoughts that money, having money was somehow evil, you know, like this, this idea that like money is the root of all evil. Um, And so that now I feel like I've moved to a place where money feels so much more neutral and I'm starting to see like, no, money is just like an opportunity. And when, and I, I think like that's part of the work that I hope to do with singers going forward helping them recognize their value and the fact that like there is a lot of money out there in the world and there are people who would love to pay you for the value that you provide as an artist. Yeah. And we, but we have to believe that or else we'll keep under undercharging and undervaluing ourselves. And it creates this cycle that is really toxic. So beginning for me, beginning to, to move into that space, that thinking around money it's, it's changing everything for me. Yeah. 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 It's, it's interesting because I think some of it is like selling some of it is like thoughts around money, but like the other thing that I feel like we've, we did so much work on is like, there were just a lot of thoughts. I remember one of the things that we coached on and I was thinking about this because it briefly came up in my interview with Whitney, but I remember like you had a thought that like only business coaches make money. Oh yeah. Yeah. That was definitely a thought. (laughs) And Sometimes I still go into that doubt jungle where I'm like, Oh, it'd be so much easier if I were a business coach. (laughs) 
which is just, it's so funny that you're saying that. Cause I'm like, you know what I think? Cause in our mastermind, there's actually a business coach who's, who's mind, right? Like she's not, you've made more money than her. That's crazy. Yeah. It's kind of funny. Yeah. It's, it's like, yeah, okay, that you weren't true. looking for that. <laughs> no, I still, no, you're right, Catherine. You just pointed it out. I'm like, I still didn't see that. <laughs> I think yeah. it's like so important because I think it's like, I think life coaches are like, oh, it's like the business coaches that make money. And then I think non-coaches in the online business world are like, well, it's just the coaches, right? Like, and it's so interesting how people's minds want to tend towards these are all the reasons why it's harder for me, or these are all the reasons why I can't make money. And they don't, people say it like they're just reporting the news and they don't mm -hmm. realize that they're like drinking bottles of poison. Yeah. <laughs> time they say it. <laughs> yes. No, I'm starting to see that. Like when I look at the, some of the stuff happening in the opera world or with singers, it's like, yeah, it's like, that is just believing that you're going to be a starving artist. That is literally drinking a bottle of poison. Yes. Yeah. And it's, it's yeah. so like, I was thinking about this too, because I remember we coached on it and I don't even think I thought about it at the time, but I think because it is so prevalent, one thing I realized was like, you know what, where does this come from? Is it like a thing about business? But then I was like, you know what? It's like a lot of, and I think a lot of people talk about this with marketing too, right? Like marketers will talk about this, but it's like, it's because business coaches and marketers talk out loud about how much money they're making. Mm -hmm. So it's in your conscious awareness. Yeah. Versus I think it's like, it would be weird for like a life coach or a weight loss like or somebody else to like say, right? Like if you're not selling the result of making more money, that it doesn't make sense to even tie into your marketing. And so it's just so interesting how people like, because it comes into their awareness, how much money is being made by people talking out loud about it in their marketing, people then tie, it's like, oh, it's only this way that I can make money. And I'm like, no, it's not. It's just the it's only way because yeah. it's in your conscious awareness. And I think it's like so important too, because it's like, you should for sure, like if you're going to hire a business coach, you better know how much money they're making. You don't want to hire a business coach that's not making any money. And so mm -hmm. it's just interesting thinking about like, I'm curious. Yeah. What has your, cause I know you said your brain still sometimes likes to go there. So where are you at right now in your ability as a life coach to make money as someone who just has made $20,000 in a couple months? Yeah. Where am I at? I think I'm not so, I don't feel sheepish about my price. And, you know, I recently had someone question me on it and it was definitely coming from like the, the opera world thinking, you know, for lack of a better, just from scarcity models. Right. But I, but I could tell, and I thought, oh yeah, I know this thinking because I've been there 100% been there. And I was able to just say like, well, this is the value and explained it to them. And at the end, they were like, okay, yeah, you're right. It, it is valuable. I see what you're talking about. It's like, okay, great. So I feel like, yeah, that's where I'm at. I can, I can stand in my price and feel strongly about it, feel proud to say like, this is the value that I'm providing you. Yes. That's what it's about. Yeah. yeah. Which is, it's like, we forget that we have to have it first. <laughs> Right. I know. Yeah. We're like it's, I think it's such like an interesting thing. It's like, oh, I can't believe it until someone else believes it's valuable. And then I can, and it's like, no, that's backwards. You're going to have a lot of trouble selling. There's actually like, we have another 
woman in our mastermind, she does operations. So she like, I was just coaching her the other day because she does strategy and her thought, she hasn't built up her belief in just strategy being valuable. And so what we were then working on was just like, okay, well, like, let's look at what your thoughts are about that. Because, because she had that thought, she sort of caved on a contract and was doing like implementation work. And then it wasn't even in our awareness. I'm like, I'm about to pay literally someone $4,500 for three hours to help me with operations on the back end, right? And, and we just, it's mm-hmm. not in, when we have certain thoughts about what's valuable or not valuable, we don't realize those are just the glasses that we're wearing and filtering everything through. Mm-hmm. It's so yeah. good. Yeah. So I'm curious for you, like, where do you see your business going in the next few years? I think it has a lot of potential to really grow. Um, you know, I I decided I just bought the domain, the Singer's Life Coach, because I realized I think this is bigger than I even thought. And I think for a while I thought, well, well am I working with all classical musicians or all musicians? And I just realized I'm really passionate about singers in particular, because I think that um, the voice and the identity that we form around our voice is so specific and it's so integrated with with our whole experience as a person and how we grow into ourselves. And so I think that there's a lot there for singers. Um, again, like going back to this spiritual journey and finding our identity, finding um, our voice by actually starting to go inward and thinking about who are we and really like who do we want to be? when we, when we realize that some of our thoughts are not actually the thoughts that we want to have. So I, I don't know, I guess I'm, I'm still like in that place where I'm dreaming about what's possible, but I'm like really seeing like, I would love to be the, literally the life coach for singers that when a singer recognizes that they may feel a little lost along the journey that they're like, I want to go talk to Katrina Galka. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. It's so yeah. funny that you said Katrina again. I know you're not used to me that way. <laughs> is that because is that your opera name? Is that like that how everyone how I, in the opera? Yeah, that's how I go in the opera world. Yeah. yeah. I love it. Oh my gosh. All right. I feel like, okay, so we've covered like your relationship with like perfectionism, marketing, money. What are like, what are the other things? Because there's people who are listening right now who are where you were eight months ago. Mm-hmm. Sure. Well, like, what would you want them to hear? Hmm. That's a good question. I think what I would say is don't wait, <laughs> really. I mean, I think one of the things I've learned the most is just taking this kind of responsibility. You you have to just start doing it. Like the marketing didn't become good overnight and the sales mindset didn't change overnight. The reason why I'm here is because I started eight months ago, um, which I'm really grateful I did. And then I just kept going. So, and I think like for me in my life, that's been one of the greatest gifts that I've given to myself is that I've never waited too long <laughs> to do anything. And uh, once I have an idea, I just do it. And I've had a lot of failures at the beginning. Like even with my singing, I started doing professional auditions when I was an undergrad. Most people wouldn't start doing that until they finished their master's degree. 
that I just knew I wanted to sing. And I thought, well, why would I not sing for these professional companies? And they didn't hire me, (laughs) but I learned so much. I learned so much when I did that. Yeah. I think the same has gone for my business. So true. I love it. And I, it's so funny because I know that that's like the message for people is like, just get started. But you talking about like how you just got started within singing and the work, you know, I know we talked a few minutes ago about like what you're doing with clients now. What do you think the impact is as you really continue to like, because you're going to make yourself the right, like the life coach for singers. That's not just going to happen to you. You're like actively in the process of creating it right now. And I would actually venture to guess in many people, like in your world, that is already who you are. So you might just want to, you might just want to like own it right now. Right. But like, what's, what is the impact of that? Do you think in the opera industry? Yeah. I think that this thinking, the the open mindedness, the the search for solutions, the questioning of, you know, thoughts that limit us. I think that that is the key for opera. So, although I'm saying like I want to be the life coach for singers, I want to do it because I believe that like what happens is a lot of singers go on to have other roles in the industry. They don't just sing; they teach, they work in administration. They, they hold all kinds of different consulting, leadership positions. It goes on and on. And so if I can work with a singer, especially like maybe near the beginning of their career, I just see that having so many far reaching, um, just like threads, like it's just going to, that those ripples, it's going to ripple out because the industry is in need of change. You know, we need to think about the value that we provide to the world, like to the full marketplace, not just within the opera industry, because that is very limited. That is that kind of scarcity thinking that's holding opera back. And and then it it trickles down. Then there's not enough money for the crew. Then there's not enough money for the singers and everybody's struggling. But if we can present the full value of what this kind of art form provides to people, then I think that we we have resources from so many places that we're not seeing right now. Um, so I think like, you know, there's that, there's, you know, bringing in diversity of all kinds and, and just bringing in more people from more places into this, into this world. Yeah. yeah. You're talking about like just the diversity within opera, because I think when people think about opera, there's like a very specific, I would actually venture to guess if most of us all flashed a screen in our mind, we would all have like sort of a very similar image around like who it, who makes up the opera industry, right? And so what what do you see if you were able to like paint a different vision of what diversity looks like? How does that image change? I think that it's maybe not as formal. Like when you were even speaking about the the dresses and the idea of this perfection, um, I think, you know, like that's very superficial, right? But I, I think that for people to connect to it, they have to be able to see themselves in it. And so whatever that means, I mean, of course, like diversity, it means people of different colors, people of different gender identities, different, different, even like different styles of, of how they want to present their voice, different styles of how they show up on stage and move and 
live in their body. Like the more that we can present our uniqueness as singers to the world, the more that that benefits the world. Like the whole point of art is to touch people's emotions and to change their thinking actually, right? Like it's like we touch their feeling. Yeah. We make people feel something different. And then that lets them think, like reflect on their thinking in a different way. And so that's like the magic of it. And so I just think, you know, when we're operating within a box, we're not really doing the service that is available to us. Yeah. I love it. It's so interesting too, just the way that like you spoke about singing and really touching emotions. I think that there's probably so many, and we've actually coached on this, like so many things from within opera. And then just like, okay, how are you carrying that into your business? Yeah. And one of the things that I like, guys, Kat, you got to check out her, her marketing is great, but I think that it does, it like touches on, it's able to convey and touch people in a way that it's, it goes so much deeper than just like the cognitive, right? If someone were to just like read some copy tips, right? I think that like it, it shows like why, what you're doing in the world is resonating with people is that the same probably way that you're singing on stage in a way that like is there to like design and touch people's souls in a much deeper capacity is the same thing that like when people talk about marketing, the best marketing is that kind of marketing. Mm -hmm. And I see that as like what you're really bringing out into the marketplace. Thank you. That's so kind. (laughs) I have a lot of fun with my marketing, so I'm glad. Good. And I I love it so much that people are able to see that it's like, it's so possible. I, you know, I love bringing you guys on. I I talk so much about my story because I'm just like, it doesn't matter where you are now. Like I was so scared to show up online. Kat was eight to 10 hours on her Instagram Mm -hmm. story highlight what is that even yep. called? Like a little icon, right? Just, yeah, just the cover photos for the highlights. Like I didn't even put anything in the highlights. <laughs> yeah, it, those were sad times. <laughs> but you know what? I actually, they were, maybe they were necessary times, right? Like it was a point in my growth and yeah. I'm grateful for that time too. <laughs> yeah, we all just have to start where we are and like commit yeah. to the growth and like have it in our awareness that there is somewhere else that we can grow to. And so I'm so, I'm so great. I'm glad that you're grateful for it too. And I'd love it because now you're an example of what's possible because you have no idea how many people are listening to this right now. And they're doing that. They're literally right. They've probably sure. changed the sentence on their Instagram 12 times and they've spent eight to 10 out. Right. And, and it's just possible mm-hmm. when you start working on your mindset. So, all right, I'm trying to, th- I think we've covered the whole gamut. Is there anything else that I haven't covered that you want people to know about? I just want people to know that coaching is truly magical. And especially when you find a great coach like Catherine. So (laughs) how can I not say that? Like you've changed my life. So thank you. And truly that like this work is magic. It, it is work, but it's the most unique kind of work that I've experienced. And yeah, I'm a believer for sure. And I think it's like when we have belief, we're able to get results. So now that I have tears in my eyes, thank (laughs) you for that. I I receive that. So one last question, where can people find you? 
Yes. I love hanging out on Instagram. Super fun. So at Katrina.galka is where I post the most. And I do also have at the Singer's Life Coach, which I'm building. And then my website, thesingerslifecoach.com. Awesome. And we're going to have it in the show notes, but just in case people are like, how do you, how I want to go find it right now on my phone. Can you spell your name? Yes. K-A-T-R-I-N-A dot G-A-L-K-A. All right. So guys, go follow her. If you know a singer, throw them her way. She is like more than adept at totally helping them. And that's it. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Catherine. Bye. All right, you guys. How good was that? Kat is amazing. Katrina is amazing. So totally go follow her. And if you are joining us in the next round of the Mastermind, if you are on the early access list, then you're going to get to do it this week. If not, set your alarm, you guys. Next Monday at 9 a.m. Eastern, applications are going to go up. So set your alarm. The future is calling. And Kat is amazing and has agreed to send me an audio of her singing. So if you would love to hear her voice, her opera voice, and how masterful she is within that craft as well, I'm going to stitch it in here at the end. So without further ado, Katrina Galka, ladies and gentlemen. Oh,